0: If you have a green thumb or have always wanted one, then get ready for Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, hosted by Ken Anderson, along with David Ross, Mark Mahati, and George Allman.
1: Good morning, everybody. There we go. <laughs> uh, Mark Mahady is actually on assignment up in uh, Pasadena. I think he's going to the Huntington today, so we will have to uh, check in with him and see what's see what's going on next week. If you want to give us a call today, 888-344-1170 is the number. We would love to talk to you uh, here on KCBQ. And it was a. You know what I had to do
2: this week? No. I had a water.
1: Oh yeah, it was it was relatively warm.
2: It was warm, warm. How I'm not you? going just relatively. I, I don't know. It was in the upper 80s. yeah Well, and it was.
1: Well, God, I went out when I went out for lunch. I can't remember if it was. I think it was yesterday, and I came back and pulled into the parking lot and parked and looked down. It it was 91 in Poway yesterday. It it was hot.
2: Mary, when she left day before yesterday, I said it was 90. I have one of those old fangled cars that doesn't have a thermometer in it, so I, you know. How old is your car? I don't know. <laughs> Do they all have Do you have roll-down
3: windows, the, the hand-crank <laughs> windows, <laughs> windows? No, I have
2: a button I push. Oh, okay. That's. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you push a lot Wait of buttons. Wait a second. What kind of
2: windows does, does the truck you drive well, have? Well, my
3: truck does have automated win- automatic oh, it windows, Does, yes, does yeah. it have a thermometer? No. No, okay, yeah. but but it's a 25 year old truck.
2: Well, okay. How old is your vehicle? I would say it's the pot calling the kettle black, but how, I'm not how old gonna... is your vehicle? I don't know. I think it's a 2007. Okay, so that would make it younger than yours.
3: Yeah, Steve's an, a, a 1996. My my daughter called it Steve when she learned to drive it, and so that name stuck. I
2: figured I figured yeah. it was not you who did that. It was not that. me. So yeah. yeah, my kids named vehicles and hens and all sorts of things that. You're not supposed
3: but, to name things you're going to eat. We don't eat the <laughs> oh, <ends>. okay. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I have always maintained to this day that if I'm ever eating one of my chickens, the world is in a worse place than even we have been. Cause, but I'll take their eggs. Absolutely. And share those with the neighbors because I don't eat eggs very often. I need to start eating eggs.
1: Yeah, I don't know why you have chickens that are laying eggs if you're not eating them.
3: To give you something to do every single <laughs> yeah, every, morning. Yes, <laughs> it helps me to find the moon.
1: There you go. It's a catalyst for moon finding. There you go. Uh, we are right in the middle of, or just we're kind of at the beginning of um, vegetable season. I had a had a customer in yesterday. They had planted a, planted cauliflower, broccoli, and cabbage, and all of it bolted. So they they didn't get they didn't get anything off of it.
3: So, um, for folks that are listening, you say bolted that don't know what that is. What does that mean? Bolted uh,
1: goes to seed. So, uh, thro- instead of in the case of in the case of cauliflower and broccoli, instead of putting up big heads of cauliflower and broccoli, uh, throws up big flower spikes, and uh,
2: and it says peace out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pretty much.
3: And the lettuces will get thicker. The, the, the leaves become a little bit thicker as they start putting up that center stock to my, go to yeah. seed.
2: My neighbors, all of their lettuce has gone to seed and it became chicken food.
1: Yeah. It, it, it tends to get, tends to get a little bit bitter and the cruciform vegetables, you, you just don't get anything.
2: I guess that would imply that I am going to seed. It could be. And that, that explains my bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good.
1: Good to know. Um, but as far as the rest of the, and, and when I was talking to him, I said, you know, it, it's just, it, it's really just a matter of temperature. And we had a relatively mild winter. We had, we did have a few cold days, but not, not a lot. And when things get warm and, go, and you, you have those crops planted, <laughs> that's just one of the things, it, 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 it just is what it is. I said, you know, it's kind of like planting tomatoes in March. You, you, you can put them in in March and if the weather's nice. You're going to get a jump on everything, but if we get a cold snap,
3: yeah, it, not even a cold snap. If it, it's just cold, they tend to cool just, and wet. Yeah, they just hang out. They don't they, do much. They don't. They rain.
1: don't do a lot. So it's it's kind of a crapshoot. Yep. One way or the other.
2: And and when your tomatoes are just hanging out with nothing to do, they're probably throwing dice and hanging out with the wrong <laughs> get, crowd, <laughs> yeah. getting in trouble. Yes, yes.
3: <laughs>
1: could, could very well be. Could very well be. Um, but as far as vegetable crops are concerned i mean now is just an incredible time to start putting stuff in the ground uh, we the the selection of vegetables that we have is unbelievable and our and this year our growers were on it i mean they they've got pretty much everything that you can everything that you would pl- that you would be able to plant at this time of the year is available stuff, and that I, think, yeah,
3: stuff that we typically get a few weeks from now and when it's a little warmer we've had they've been yeah. really on top of it
2: but you know what is a little less in supply what's in that? some of the flowers because i think a lot of the growers have transitioned oh, some of it over yeah. to, to veggies and they're using their space for more vegetables so some of the flowers are not as readily available which is kind of okay because most people are planting their veggies anyway i i Took the vegetables home. I put none of them in the ground. I I took a bunch of the six packs and I moved them into four inch pots and I threw a Grow Power planting tablet in half of them. I'm going to do a little test, um, and I guess well tomorrow I'm going to go up to mom and dad's with the tomatoes and take her some containers. She's harvesting her beets now, which she's very excited about. She's harvesting her peas now, which she's very excited about.
3: Oh, I meant we went out to dinner the other night and and had the place gave us some beet. Hummus, and I took a picture to share with Ken, and I forgot to do that.
2: Did you bring me a little Ziploc with a per- no? That's chip perfectly and a... fine. With me. <laughs> no, beet hummus. Was it you who
3: actually Maggie, Maggie made some made form, form with the hum- with the beets I brought in?
2: That's what it was. And
3: and and, and actually, Melanie did too. I gave her I some. I must beets. not have eaten it. He, he's blocked it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was, it was so, so traumatic. It, it's quite tasty. I
1: have, I have tried to. Uh tried to eliminate that memory so (laughs) if you want to give us a call 888-344-1170 is the number you're listening to garden talk on here on kcbq and kprz we're going to take a quick break and we're going to be back with more right after this
0: the garden party they all knew my name
4: but no one recognized me i didn't look the same but it's all right now i learned my lesson well you see you can't please everyone so you've got to please yourself and we're back With more Garden
1: Talk, I'm Ken Anderson, along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady is on assignment. Uh, We'll hear from him next week, hopefully. Last evening,
2: I received a text, and it was a bunch of pictures. And it said, and I'm quoting here, just went to the coolest orchid show at SD Botanic. What could that possibly mean? Do
1: you have any idea? I would think it would be the orchid show at the San Diego Botanical Gardens. But... Just to find out, we're going to go to the phones and we're going to talk to John from the San Diego Botanical Gardens. Good morning, John. How are you?
4: Good morning, gentlemen. I, I always enjoy listening every Saturday morning. Well, thanks for getting coffee. up so early. And, well, you know, I'm, I'm up anyway, and, and it's uh, always a pleasure to listen to the show. But whoever sent you the text, they're absolutely right. There is the most amazing orchid show at the San Diego Botanic Garden, and it starts today. And it's an orchid show unlike any other. I've been raising orchids for 45 years, and I've been to all the shows at the Scottish Rite Center and these things. But this is in our conservatory, and if you've been to the conservatory, you know we have these large chandeliers or islands that are planted out with orchids and bromeliads and aeroids and things. Well, those can go up and down. They can hover up in the the, uh, canopy of the conservatory. Those have gone up, and all that lower space has now been filled with hundreds of orchids. And they're not just on tables. They're actually this meandering pathway with a very naturalistic display throughout the whole conservatory. It, it's very cool. And I'm exhausted because we've been working on it for a couple of months, but but it's great.
2: <laughs> well, I am looking at a picture of what looks like a cork oak skeleton with just covered with ferns and phalaenopsis and... Uh, Spanish moss, it looks like, and some Tillandsias. Is that is that what it is? Is it a? Uh, it
4: is. It's a big arch that kind of uh, opens the, the uh, passage into the orchid show.
2: It is. It is stunning, and I'm I'm looking at a bunch of different pictures. Those islands are
3: are pretty neat. I've gone up there a couple times, Capri, and I've done the uh, Christmas event, the holiday event, and the conservatory has been just decked out with some beautiful things. It's really nice.
1: I you know I have not been to the conservatory yet it's been it's been a little while since I've been up there, but i I have heard it I've heard this the conservatory is absolutely yeah. spectacular, so that is gonna that is going to be on uh, my to- do list within the next week or two.
4: And it looks like it is it's that, also oh go ahead good. it's also uh, and it's a little added of course, if you go to orchid shows, there's always orchid vendors and oh, yeah. we also have uh, orchid vendors on the weekends Saturday and Sunday. And they'll just be selling all those fun orchid things that you can't get normally, and and so uh, that's also a nice added treat.
1: Yeah, I I remember the uh, at the uh, when the orchid society would do their annual show at the uh, Scottish Wright Center. Um, the vendor, the vendor area was a, was an absolute zoo. I mean, just people basically trampling over each other to, to try to get to the stuff first it was it was crazy it, John what are the hour what are the hours of the uh, of the garden
4: uh, they're open a, from Wednesday through Sunday and from 10 to five and during the weekends were these two weekends at least initially were open until 7 pm. So, which is nice because oh man, twilight in the garden is really, really nice. That so it's, must be it's A different experience. It's very, very pretty. And so, uh, yeah, it's a it's a great time. The nice thing too, it's a month long orchid show. You know, most orchid shows are one weekend. Yeah. It's just a one off. But what we're doing is it's the Palomar Orchid Society, San Diego County Orchid Society, private vendors, and our stuff. Every Monday and Tuesday, we cycle out any plant that's not at its best, and we bring in new, different things. And so this is going to be a different orchid show basically every week for the next month.
1: Wow, that's outstanding. Uh, tickets online or in person or both?
4: Yeah, yeah. you need to get your reservations online, and there's no extra charge. You just buy an entrance fee to the garden, and the orchid show is thrown in for free. Or that's- better yet. You know, it's the best deal in town is a family membership to the gardens, eighty nine dollars, and you can come every day of the year but Christmas.
1: That,
2: I would say, that is a deal. That is a deal. Now yeah. I have to ask a question. It starts today. Did you uh, let special people in last evening? Is that how some people got to see it in advance, or how did I get these right. uh, these sneak sneaked out photos?
4: Yeah, that, that was open to uh, benefactors to the garden and VIPs, uh, board members, and also vendors and people that have donated plants. So that was sort of our, our private opening. But today is the grand opening for the public.
2: Excellent. The, the pictures that I got are spectacular. And I, it also looks like there's a, at least one vanilla orchid trailing around the garden as well.
4: Was that in bloom? Yeah, we've got several. Uh, yeah, we do have several in bloom. Oh, and by the way, oh my gosh, if if you haven't seen a jade vine uh, in bloom, it's the wildest thing. The color reminds me of uh, the color of Puya alpestris, this kind of blue-green metallic. And uh, we have a strong gosh, let me, I can't remember the specific epithet, but anyway, a jade vine is in bloom right now, too. And it's our first flower in two years in there, so that's very cool. Well,
2: I'm going to have to
3: send
4: somebody back because I didn't get a picture of that.
3: Or perhaps you can go yourself. Oh, I could. Wait, why I did could. you do that? Hey, yeah.
2: that's a great idea, George. That's why you're here, because you think.
3: Let's go Monday. We should go Monday.
4: And there's also a wall of curly willow, it oh, looks there. like, huh? Yeah, there's there's a, a lot of uh, natural material that we're using just as backdrop to hang orchids from. So, uh, yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff. All right. I will.
1: John, I have- thank you very much for, for listening. Thanks for giving a call and letting us know what's going on. You bet. Thank you guys. Okay. Have a great weekend. You too. Thanks. Take care.
2: Um,
1: now, should I, we tell I, I'm people, people that I have to go. Oh, what?
2: I thought you were going to leave.
1: No, I'm not leaving.
2: You're going to have to go to the show. I'm going to have to go to the okay. I have to go to
1: the botanical. I'm going.
2: Room. That's funny that he called because the the pictures the are not from him right. and they were That's separate, nice segue. but they they, segue. they worked out perfectly, well. didn't they?
1: Yeah. If you'd like to give us a call 888-344-1170 is the number. We're going to go talk to Phil in San Diego. Good morning, Phil. How are you?
5: Uh, I'm terrific. It's excellent. Uh, it's excellent weather here on the coast. Um, I, ha- I have to go backward to where you talked about to seed and to bolting. Mm-hmm. I, I got uh, maybe two months ago a six-pack of Chinese cabbage planted it in my raised beds and they grew to about seven or eight inches and then they started to bolt then which is long before they become a head of cabbage. Now they have all bolted. They're all beautiful orchestral flowers and the plant looks great but is there anything I can do with the leaves after it's gone bolted, or does it just turn to... I think it's it's
2: done. However, Ken, you've given us some pretty darn good recipes where you take something really good and good for you, and you put all this really bad stuff on it, and then it tastes good anyway. Some of your dressings, we were talking, was oh, it
1: last week? Yeah, Melanie used to do that, but she doesn't do that anymore. Because you won't eat it anyway?
3: Or? No, I would, I would
1: eat it, but... Uh... It doesn't. It doesn't fit into the plan.
3: Uh, well, all of the, all of those, all the leaves on the brassicas are edible. I mean, the big yeah. outer cabbage leaves, even the broccoli leaves are edible uh, outside of the head. But you know, just saute them up. But they get bitter, and when they start to bolt, the leaves tend to get a little bit more if, bitter if, and thicker. Right. That's
5: yep. what uh, what I had seen. I tasted a few of them, and they're they're a little bit bitter. They aren't really.
3: So more uh, honey and sugar benign. in the recipe, I would presume.
5: Or, or
2: get some other leaves from the stores and then blend in a little less of yours. So you're still using it, but it isn't overwhelming the, the flavor with bitterness. That's what we're here for. Yeah. <laughs> or like David, yeah.
3: you feed them to the chickens.
5: Yes. Okay. And I mean, the plant is now three feet high. I mean, they're two foot long leaves, but they're it, it looks like a giant flower now instead of a head of cabbage.
3: Yeah, the, I, I found that the bees really like those. But when any of those brassicas yeah. go to go to seed, the, it's very popular with the bee population.
2: But once it gets very, to this point, it's it's not it's something done. you can reverse. It, oh it, no, it's not done. reverse.
5: I just wondered how edible is it, and other than being bitter, it is all edible. It, it's edible. Yeah. It's just not good. <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: or it's not. It's okay. It, it's not as good. Not as, as, as good. good. Not as good. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Okay, thank you. Okay, right. thanks, Phil. Thanks Bill. You very much. Thanks for listening. Great show. Have a great weekend.
3: Be- because some of those, Ken would say, are not edible, regardless. Or, or as David would say, "irregardless."
2: <laughs> only, only because I learned this week that it's okay to use "irregardless." I disagree. Well, yeah. I do too, but I just wanted to make fun of it because that's I agree. when it becomes, re- when <laughs> irregardless of what you think. No, okay, I won't use it anymore. I'm at loss. Yeah, that's okay. Say <laughs> yeah. say if
1: you want to give us a call. Yeah. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. That's what happens when it's so freaking busy at work that you don't have time to sit down and make notes for the show on Friday.
2: Well, I've yeah. had time to make some purchases and take things home and put them on the shelf at work. But, at I mean, work. at work at a shelf at home. I. But I, I this weekend, I will plant. I haven't Which...
1: brought anything home to kill in quite a while.
2: Really? Yeah. Uh, you need to. I do. I do. I've-
1: I have actually kept
2: all this alive, which I'm pretty excited about. Especially, especially
3: with this heat and in the small six-pack. So, that, and a four-inch, good for you, actually.
2: Well, a couple of the big beef were a little dry. I did water them before I left yesterday, but they were a little bit dry when I got home yesterday afternoon. So, I, I watered again, and I watered this morning. So, hopefully. You know, I got free chicken food yesterday, but you know what it cost me?
3: bottle of wine
2: no it cost me oranges the reason she was over at the house i was to bring me food was so she could swipe oranges it's a a double-edged sword yeah
3: a double-edged what
2: swad (laughs) irregardless of what you think Uh, somebody so so this all came up this week because i was chatting with my neighbor josh and he said time out that's what he said to me it was really (laughs) weird (laughs)
1: If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. We'll continue this conversation when we get back with more Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back right after this.
6: the garden party. They all knew my name. No one recognized me. I didn't
4: look the same. But it's all right now. I learned my lesson well. You see you can't please everyone, so you've got to please yourself. And we're back.
1: With more garden talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ, I am Ken Anderson, along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark has got the day off today. Uh, What were we talking about? Well, just real quickly,
2: into the break, he my my neighbor told me that it is now okay that you can use the word literally to mean figuratively. That it's now acceptable. That's what morphed into was this April first that he told you all this? No, it wasn't. Okay. So anyway, that's where that all came from, and I. And you believed I, him. I Well, I used to believe that words had meaning, but I'm not going to dwell on that. Um, my <laughs> apricot trees are now just full, finally in full bloom at home.
3: Ours, and, too. It, it seems late. It did seem a little later Is this it? year. Mine hasn't oh, done anything. But only anything. for the apricot.
2: Okay. Yeah. Mine, too. And then last week we were talking about um, macadamia's blooming, and you were telling us how fragrant they were, and I was complaining that mine hadn't opened yet. What? Well, Sunday, I had my garage door open, let air move through. And in the evening, when I went in to close the garage door, I could smell the macadamia blossom's head. So they're obviously open. I just, they must be open on a part of the tree that I can't see because they were, I could smell it, but I couldn't see anything. All I see are the, oh, hi, that's George Hallman, everybody. Um, (laughs) But that also brought me to, so apricots seem to be coming out late this year. My persimmons are just coming out. They probably only have an inch of growth on them now, which they typically are later. Correct. And my established um, mulberry still hasn't put out leaves. And I always worry about it this time of the year. And it, it seems to me they are late as well. Uh, and then The another... mulberries
3: have not been late this year. The, the apricots have been. And like always, the persimmons a little later. But ours has a pretty good amount of growth on it. I, I'm actually very hopeful because I grafted a chia and a coffee cake on my on the uh uh
1: Fuyu. no
3: so hoping and to, are they all it looks like one of the three graphs took all right so we'll see
1: way to go i noticed we i think we have a 24-inch box mulberry out in the back of the fruit tree section it is just completely covered with catkins it's i mean it's ready to go i mean it, I, I couldn't i couldn't believe I love how mulberries. many, how the, many catkins are on every out. year when
2: any tree is late or perceived late in coming out. I always assume it's because I didn't water it enough the summer before and I've croaked it or stressed the heck out of it. So,
3: so every year it's a, it's a, it's a, a crop new crop adventure. It's a new <laughs> adventure.
2: So I'm waiting to see if, if, if they're
1: going to come out. I, this was years ago when, before the Poway store was open, uh, was working in San Diego and one of our, uh, one of our employees came in from the side yard and His hands were just completely. I mean, it it looked like he had been digging around in a body. I mean, it looked like they were completely covered with look look like blood. And I was like, "Oh my god, what happened?" And and I started to panic. And he said, "Oh, I," he said, "the mulberry out in back had a lot of fresh fruit on it." So I. I picked a bunch of it and I squeezed it for the juice. His,
3: with
4: with his, my bare with hands.
2: With his bare hands. <laughs>
1: and his hands were stained purple for
2: for a they, week. They are a messy Yeah,
3: they can be very messy.
2: Okay, I have the ans- the answer. Who is Scott? Yeah.
1: <laughs> is that correct? You, you, you got that right. Yeah. Yes. You got that right. For those
2: of you who couldn't see that, I was holding up the envelope with the, the hermetically great- sealed answer in, or the answer inside the hermetically sealed envelope. The Great Karnak? The Great Karnak,
1: yes. If you want to give us a call, 888-344-1170 is the number. Uh, we're going to go up to San Marcos and talk to Vince. Good morning, Vince. How are you?
6: I'm doing fine. I, I was going to say, uh, here, I uh, we, we had the uh, mildest winter uh, I've seen since I moved here in 83 from New York. Uh, normally, when I get up in the morning and go to turn my garden hoses on, the, the lines are frozen. But that didn't happen one time this year. Oh, excellent. So. Really, it's been an unusual uh, an unusual winter. But I, the question I had was, uh, what's your impression of the beneficial uh, microbes that they put in some of these different uh, fertilizer mixtures? And do you see uh, much advantage in having them in there?
3: Well, we if you're going to build a healthy soil, one of the things you need are those microbials. So go ahead, David. You're smiling. I'm smirking. waiting for
2: you to use the two-word phrase. Please oh, I, I
3: have it. to use the word microbial activity. So. Thank you. It, it, that makes David happy when we say that. Um, a good, healthy soil, and not dirt. In fact, that was our Wednesday wisdom this, work, oh, this week. Rather, was to con- you know it, to be able to convert your dirt into soil, and to do that, you have to have those microorganisms. Our soil's a little bit, de- our dirt here is depleted of that because we don't have a lot of organic material that collects that can feed the earthworms and then the insects, which in turn feeds the bacteria and the fungi.
2: And if the soil gets dry and baked. Any beneficial organisms that are in there, worms included, die.
3: Right, and you lose it.
2: Yep. So so they are a very good part of an active and healthy soil and will help the soil, the organic matter, this is the soil that is in the soil be broken down to make the nutrients available to your plants.
1: Speaking directly to like, Dr. Earth, uh, Milo Shamas, who was the... Who was the- Founder the different. founder the founder of the founder of doctor earth he he was the he was the first his company was the first first fertilizer company that i know of that started incorporating uh soil microbes in into their fertilizer mix and he's a he's a he's a really smart guy he got his phd in in um soil yes. science um and now everybody. And, and now, now everybody does it. But it, it, but it's interesting too because you what? Now that everybody's doing it, some companies are saying, "Well, oh, we have more, we have more soil microbes than and a, so, and have, so and we so, have, so. We have, we have better we, fungi, we have, better but,
3: bacillus, bacteria,
1: right." But Milo's Milo's formulations are actually are actually based on science, and he said more. And he said in in most cases, he said more is not better you don't need to you don't need to overdose fertilizers with with soil microbes so dr earth is it it's an outstanding product and it's probably the best-selling probably the best-selling organic fertilizer line that we've ever had we and we've had we've had a couple um but they're his, his is really really well done
2: and, and there's other ones out there and some people prefer the Doctor Earth. Some people prefer the down to earth. Um, we have the stone too. There's Maybe a lot stone, of different right. options, but making sure that the organisms are there are a vital part of a of a healthy soil. And then the
3: especially the fungi that that fungus establishes a symbiotic relationship with the roots and helps feed the
6: plants. Um, I just wanted to mention I want to thing. A friend of mine, who many people here in the, the gardening world. Uh, probably knew or met in the past. Uh, just passed away, and I don't know if any of you are, are, are aware of it. But uh, Steve Faciola, who wrote uh, Cornucopia One and Two, if you've ever uh, seen that uh, source I, book, I,
3: I have Cornucopia on my coffee table. I love that book.
6: Yeah, yeah. He, I, I I met him uh, when I first came out here in '83, and I saw him when he was just starting to write that book on a little spiral brown uh, note paper. And I have to admit, he uh, totally dedicated like a, like a hermit. Uh, years of his life writing that book and I kind of thought he was off the deep end when I saw saw him started but uh, he totally uh, devoted his life to that and he went back to New Jersey Jersey to help take care of his mother who was getting elderly and he was planning on coming back here and I was hoping uh, to see his return and then I happened to just look to see uh how he was doing on the internet and there was an opituary for him and I just want to pass that out to the rest of the listening audience uh he uh, worked with Steve Spangler for quite a few years and helped to get um, Exotica off the ground. And uh, he was really a hard-working, dedicated individual. And it's a real loss to, um, you know, I'd say the, to the whole world, basically. But that book was uh, a source uh, book for, for many different uh, people and different companies that were involved in uh, marketing exotic produce. So just want to put that out there. Uh, regret his loss. And uh, like I say, a really dedicated individual. Um, so just want to put that out there. Uh, and I appreciate the work that you guys do, making people more conscious of uh, what gardening is and uh, how to work with it. So I'll have a good growing season now.
1: Thank you very Thank you much, much, Vince. Same same to okay. you. Thanks for the call. Okay. okay, bye. Okay, take care. I was just going to say in that same
2: line, even though it is not organic, the grow powers, they have the humic acid and the humus that feed the beneficial organisms and help to sustain and perpetuate them. So they are a, a part of right, that whole right. cycle. Once you get them in there, um, keeping them well fed with the organic matter and with something like Grow Power will help to keep that going.
3: And to your point, you know, as we said in the Wednesday wisdom, a, a layer of mulch as well is very useful because if, if you let that dry out, you lose all the work that you did.
2: You know, I had a, a present waiting for me. I got home on Wednesday, trash day's Wednesday at my house, And there was a greens recycling can in my driveway. And I slapped myself in the head and I said, did I not? I had three full cans to recycle of greens. Um, And I thought I must have forgotten to put the last one out. But no, this one was my neighbor had brought me over a full green can of horse manure for I'm uh, going to compost it. I've started a worm bin with it. And I'm going to put it around uh, some of the trees there's no reason not to and since i know somebody who doesn't water as much as he should and is always worried that maybe his fruit trees have died the previous summer that maybe uh, a layer of horse manure around them would help them what do you what do you I, think
3: well, mulch in general is going to help and actually horse manure is good providing but it can be salty so you do definitely want to make sure you decompose yeah. it first mulch it, i mean i, I usually rinse it... it before i ingest it and <laughs> it, so it's not it's a not big as deal salty, yes
2: yeah. Yes, flushing the salts out is a good idea, but as an insulator, I, there's no reason to keep letting it get recycled elsewhere. I might as well recycle
1: it at my house. There you go. If you want to give us a call, 888 344 1170 is the number you're listening to. Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be back with more right after this.
6: to the garden party they all knew my name
3: but no one recognized me i didn't look the same
4: but it's all right now i learned my lesson well you see you can't please
1: everyone so you have got to
4: please yourself
1: and we're back people came With more Garden Talk here on KPRZ and KCBQ, I'm Ken Anderson along with David Ross and George Allman. Mark Mahady has a weekend off.
2: He he either will or will not be going to the Huntington. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Oh, just wanted to remind everybody that we are, both stores are open regular hours today, uh, 8 to 5 in San Diego and 9 to 5 in Poway. But both stores will be closed on Sunday. So plan your weekend accordingly. And it's and it's probably going to be busy in both stores, so get there early if you can.
2: Probably,
3: yeah. When has it not been <laughs> Under busy on a Saturday? What conditions?
1: What
2: conditions do you foresee happening where it wouldn't be? I,
1: I can't see any. I, it's get there early. Yeah, just get get there early for for um for your it day. is it
2: is uh, quieter and easier. I, at least in Poway, from probably nine to ten thirty, and probably from eight to nine thirty or ten in in San Diego.
3: And then we yeah. say 4 to 5ish, maybe maybe 3:30 till 5. In the Not yesterday. No. <laughs> no I'm talking <laughs> on Saturday, yeah. No. no. It
2: doesn't seem like it. No, it maybe. was it was it,
1: uh, it was pretty crazy yesterday. Um, so it, we But were, you know
2: we say that and we joke about it, but the lines we, we are running all registers in Poway out of one line. Mm-hmm. so it moves very quickly. Yeah, it and appears they are even... it's a
3: long line, but it, it's going through every register.
2: And it is a fraction of the lines that we had last year at this time. Yes. And you know last year you could spend a half an hour in line. Right now, a bad time in line is probably 10 minutes. Yeah, maybe five, five to ten. It's not it hasn't been that that bad. It's, it's moving more quickly.
1: Well, you know, it's funny. When you have one line feeding all of the registers, and all the grocery stores do that now too, um, It the lines may look daunting, but it's actually the most efficient way to do it. Well, how many times
3: you have you... The, yeah, you don't get in the wrong you line. You get in the wrong yeah. line. Right. Yeah.
2: And you stand there for 10 minutes while people are moving back and forth in the line next to you, and it is a much better way of doing it. I uh, Stater Brothers had no they didn't um but i do like my my smart and final out in rancho san diego had been doing one line and now they're they're not and i, I much line prefer- envy because I, I like, like oh it. i got in the wrong line yes because yeah. i always will and the only person that could make me feel better about the bad line, line choices i make was mark and he's not even here to <laughs> help me feel better about my bad line choices today
1: well the vons in my neighborhood they they actually have three lines they have one line for the self checkout. They have a line for express checkout, and then they have just the general line. Um, but you know, even even at that though, with social distancing, when you have to be six feet apart, if you have 12 people in line, you're talking about a 72 foot long line. So it and, and it, that kind of
2: depends on on <laughs> 12 people in line is either could either be 50 feet because some people don't know what 6 feet is, or it could yeah. be 80 feet because people don't know what 6 feet is. But, you know, we have nice little lines or little circles on the floor. Yeah. Yes, we do. And fresh air so, blowing through the stores.
3: We do with all those doors open. You know, you were talking about uh, what things that are starting to bloom late, but you also have done some hikes, and you said you, you saw some this blooming. What else have you seen for the natives?
2: Uh, there's a native solanum, the potato potato right. bush. Uh, There's a bunch of onions, lots of native uh, alliums with different lavenders or pale lavenders. A sissy rinkum, the blue-eyed grass, and that little... (laughs) I'm still going to say it, the magenta pea flower. Um, And there was also a yellow... What was it? That's something else. But I I was on Hamul Mountain on Monday this week, and the Ceanothus are everywhere. The The hills look like they have blue clouds over them. Like
3: Purple Mountain's Majesty.
2: Yeah, just like that. And there was one white flowering Ceanothus up there.
3: So, Capri and I did Eagle Rock up at Warner Springs yesterday. And there were, on the drive, there were tons of blue Ceanothus. But on the hike, there were many that appeared to be white Ceanothus, which I thought were white, seeing this, but I'm not sure, so I need to do a little research.
2: I, I'm trying to, I, I can picture this were, white shrub. I've
3: seen, I've seen, we sell some uh, at Musa Creek, some of the white, but these just look, they, they look a little bit different.
2: There's so. other, there are other natives up there that have a very pale lavender to white flower. These
3: are no, this is this is white white. So. Okay, but it, but we saw um, some. There were a bunch of poppies in bloom, uh, some lupins. Poppies. And I told you that thing that looked like a morning glory, but that wasn't vining, and I'm not quite sure what that one was.
2: I, I'm not sure either. But I'm, the more I think about it, I, I think those might be, some of the the wildflowers that get thrown out.
3: Oh, you are saying yeah, but some some of these were not in the in the meadows. These were on the trails right along the creek. So, where we encountered my. What was it,
2: George? What did you encounter? Well, I've
3: encountered rattlesnakes before, but this was the first time I've encountered a rattlesnake that was ready to strike me. He was us. But I know it was, how it felt. He was in in full coil. The upper third of his body was in the s, and that tail was going like that's what I heard first, and and cautioned me. Yeah, it was.
2: A, but he had the opportunity to strike. He, I was. Stuck with was my,
3: my foot was. Two feet, 18 inches from him when he... But
2: it was more interested in just moving along. He
3: wanted to let me know he was there with the rattle. So I was very gracious or uh, happy that he was gracious and kind. And,
2: uh. Can I tell a funny rattlesnake story? Absolutely. Sure. I've been hiking... Are we going to laugh? ...Mount, that Mount that McGinty for a long time. How I, I don't know how many years. But I had never encountered a rattlesnake on Mount McGinty. and I'm sorry, McGinty Mountain. But last fall... I was hiking by myself, and I was just cresting a peak, and I was walking along, and I, I heard the rattle. And I was stepping down on the snake, and I heard the rattle, and so I just moved my leg to the side, and it, it scared me. And I did, I maintained my balance, which, you know, rocky surfaces, and he just went about his business. Um, but that was the first rattlesnake I've seen on that, that hike in probably 100 hikes, and then the following week or two weeks later, encountered another one.
3: Well, we, we see snakes a lot on our hikes, but this was the first time I've had one defending his territory and, and threatening me.
1: <laughs> well, I was I was telling George um, while we were waiting to get into the studio today. Oh, while you're waiting to, for somebody else to show
2: I'm up. Waiting for the
4: third person, <laughs> yeah. I don't know who that one was. I,
1: you know, I, I grew up in Bay Park, and as a kid, my neighbor and I, who was my best friend at the time, we would spend weekends in Tecolote Canyon hiking and climbing and doing all kinds of stuff that we probably shouldn't have been doing but um that's what that we I would, did ne- that I would never let my kids do today uh I never saw a rattlesnake it, and to this day I've never seen a rattlesnake in San Diego the only rattlesnake I've seen in the wild was on the way to um on the on the trail to on the trail to Vernal Falls in Yosemite. And it was off to the side and it was laying on a rock just in the sun and people were stopping and looking at it because it's a rattlesnake. But it it, it could have cared less.
3: We clearly need to take you on some hikes because well, yeah. we see them on a regular basis.
2: The second one I came across, I was hiking with my friend Ken. Mm-hmm. Not you. Yeah. No. And no, I th- heard it.
3: He's not your friend?
2: Not this friend, oh, Ken. <laughs> um and I heard it. I didn't see it. But he Ken couldn't hear it it was rattling at a frequency he did not hear I'm like you can't hear that no he would have he would not even have be noticed dead.
1: it yeah well blake on blake was he was he was riding my mountain bike the other day uh of might have been yesterday yesterday the day before on and i he was out at stonebridge on a trail he almost ran over one he's he said he 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 saw it he it was it was cruising down the trail in front of him and he saw it and stopped in time and just ba- and just backed up and and let it go. When
2: when I went hiking Monday on Hamul Mountain, I was headed up, I'd just gotten onto the trail and there were three ladies coming towards me with dogs and I said good morning and they said be careful of snakes up there or be careful of rattlesnakes and I said oh you saw some and they said no but that's why we're leaving. Well <laughs> Really? Yeah, we
3: we warned the first four or five people that were passing us that the snake was right there, but then we stopped because the snake was long gone by then.
2: I I didn't see any uh, snakes. I was certainly looking for them. And when I got to the top of Hummel Mountain, there's a new sign there that somebody put up with another name on it that did not say Hummel Mountain. Brand new sign, lacquered, beautiful.
1: I saw that. I can't remember what the name of it was. Yeah, it was like
2: Padrino or El Padrino. Yeah,
1: whatever. You've been listening to Garden Talk here on KCBQ and KPRZ. We'll be back next Saturday at 6 o'clock with another hour of Garden Talk. Have a great weekend, everybody, and happy Easter.
0: Thanks for joining us on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery, your source for gardening, landscaping, and horticulture news. Still have a question for the Garden Talk crew or want to learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor? Send an email to askanexpert at walteranderson.com. That's askanexpert at walteranderson.com or visit walteranderson.com. There's more professional gardening advice next week at this same time on Garden Talk by Walter Anderson Nursery. This program is sponsored by Walter Anderson Nursery.